This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new book, Tear Down This Myth, How the Reagan Legacy Has Distorted Our Politics and Haunts Our Future, our guest today, Will Bunch, unravels the story of how a right-wing cabal hijacked the mixed legacy of Ronald Reagan, a happy cowboy but hugely divisive president, and turned him into a bronze icon to revive their fading ideology. Bunch is the senior writer for the Philadelphia Daily News and the author of Attitude, a blog where he writes about national politics, world affairs, the media, pop music, and the world champion Philadelphia Phillies. Will Bunch, welcome to Weekly Signals. Oh, thanks, and thanks for that Philly shout-out. That, that made my morning. So, yeah, well, uh, well, good. I'll, I'll never forget Matt Stairs uh, taking my Dodgers out. So. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, I, you know, I felt, I, I, I felt good I, for I, Matt I, Stairs. I, 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 I think that ball is still going up for us. Yeah, that, that really was beautiful. Yeah, I, I knew that series was over when I saw that. That was yeah. and you had to feel good for Matt Stairs, the long journeyman baseball player, got his moment in the sun there. Nice, yeah, nice Pro- Can, professional hitter. Absolutely, yeah. yeah absolutely. Congratulations. Yeah, there you go. Thank yeah. you. Now, now, why would you want to tear down the legacy of our greatest president? <laughs> Boy, there's, there's about four things to start with in that one sentence. So, uh, 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 well, I, I don't believe, in, and I'm sure some of your listeners would agree with me that he, that he was our greatest president. But, uh, um, but the getting to the first, the first part of that question, I think, is the most important, which is why, why do this book now? And I, I think the reason, uh, uh, and obviously I didn't know this was going to be happening when I was writing the book, but I, I, think, I think what you're seeing in Congress this week uh, with uh, you know the the economy in total crisis, and Republicans continuing to push these, these failed solutions that are basically rooted in their worship of Ronald Reagan. Um, uh, you know, under, undermining undermining this package that would spend money to create jobs. And what's interesting, also in, in regards to the Reagan angle, I think is you're talking about creating jobs to rebuild parts of America that have been totally neglected since the presidency of Ronald Reagan. You're talking about uh, the infrastructure that's been collapsing for the last generation. Uh, you're talking about uh, f- money for research into alternative energy, which uh, was something that was well underway uh, under the Jimmy Carter administration and then was totally gutted by Ronald Reagan when he came into office, uh, who actually even basically had the solar panels ripped off the roof of the White House. So so, so here's, here's a program that's, that's geared towards creating jobs, uh, uh, you know, with, with a role for government that it needs to play in the time of a crisis, and you have Republicans in Congress falling back on the old Ronald Reagan playbook. So, so, so that's why I would want to write a book in 2009 about the myth of Ronald Reagan, because because the distorted this distorted legend of Ronald Reagan is, is really crippling our politics today. Uh, and uh, the second half of your sentence uh, <laughs> about him being the greatest president. Well, I mean, just. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of ways to go with that. But I mean, one thing is uh, this whole economic crisis again is is the result of uh, un- unregulated, unchecked uh, greed and ambition on Wall Street. Uh, again, uh, a philosophy of government that's rooted in Ronald Reagan of uh, you know this uh, Ayn Randian inspired belief in the free markets. Uh, you know, don't need regulation. That that they have their own innate goodness, and instead. Uh, 
uh, they've taken down our entire economy. You know, for the rest of us who weren't weren't on Wall Street and weren't you know getting them seed bonuses for the last 20 years. So, um, so, I, so I think this really matters on a lot of different levels. I really do. One of the one of the silver linings in this uh, in this economic uh, crisis that we find ourselves in is that uh, by all accounts, by anyone who's paying attention, economists and otherwise, are saying that this is the end of an era. This goes back 28 years to the beginning of the Reagan administration. So if there's something the good that come, could come out of this besides a rebuilt infrastructure, a new educational commitment to education and, and all the other things that Barack's trying to do, we'll have uh, finally uh, put a stake in the heart of this idea that Ronald Reagan was, in fact, uh, a, even a good president. He was a horrible president, but people are finally acknowledging that this idea of deregulation and unrestricted markets and all the rest of it is is essentially brought us to our knees and threatened the very essence, the very foundation of the American uh, economy and, and way of life. Uh, I, I agree, although, I mean, what's interesting is, uh, and I like, I like the phrase that you used about putting a stake in the heart of Reaganism, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so far it's been very difficult to kill in the sense that I think a lot of people looked at what happened on November 4th with uh, the overwhelming election of Obama and said, you know, this is the big change, this is the end of the era, uh, uh, you know, no longer are we going to believe that government is, is solely the problem and, and, and we're going to have, you know, a government that tries to, tries to tackle some of these issues. And now that, now that we're a month into the Obama administration, or almost a month, we're seeing how difficult this actually is. Uh, and, and I think a, a lot of it, uh, w- one of the factors, and this is very frustrating to me as a journalist myself, is, is the media, yeah. I think. I think you have I think you have a media that really, um, you know, the people. Uh, you know, I, I I just turned fifty and, and kind of came of age as a journalist in my twenties during the Reagan presidency. And I think a lot of the people who are inside the Beltway journalists are, are kind of my peers generationally. Uh, you know, who who learned about politics during during the so-called Reagan Revolution in Washington, and they these people sincerely believe because, as you know, they've been saying it time and time again in recent months months that America is a, is a center-right country, that it's a conservative country, uh, even, even though there's the poll numbers, and nothing really backs that up. I mean, certainly, certainly the election results didn't, and, and neither did the polls. I mean, uh, I, I, think, I think by and large this is a center-left country that, that tends mm-hmm. to lean towards progressive solutions on a lot of issues, and, but the media is not buying it. Uh, when you see a debate in Congress over an issue like this economic stimulus package, they're giving uh, an inordinate, inordinately unbalanced amount of airtime to Republicans who are criticizing the plan based on their whole, you know, talk radio, think tank, uh, you know, infrastructure that's really that's really ridden, ridden this Reagan myth to stay in power for, for 25 years, 30 well, years. Well, they keep talking about it as a spending bill. Uh, they, they, t- they keep talking. And by the way, I think the establishment is center-right. The country is center-left. Uh, the establishment, and I, unfortunately many of these journalists that you are referring to, are really part of a of, of a, a Washington um, establishment, and that's where a lot of this. Yeah, is absolutely. From. They, they they socialize with these people nightly. They send their kids to the same private schools. And, they go to the cool and, parties that these right. think tanks put on, and yeah, and, yeah. and it becomes it becomes their worldview. And uh, you know, I mean, that that's why I'm very happy to see uh, uh, you know the uh, President Obama get out into the country. In fact, I'm I'm talking to you, and, and can see a TV out of the corner of my eye, and he's he's there in Fort Myers, Florida, and he's talking. To real folks, because I think the more time, the more time he spends outside of the, that kind of toxic environment in the Beltway, the better it will be for everybody. Yeah. Uh, 
We're speaking with Will Bunch. The book is Tear Down This Myth, How the Reagan Legacy Has Distorted Our Politics and Haunts Our Future. And uh, speaking of distorting our politics, uh, it, is Grover Norquist has an awful lot to do with uh, this perception of Reagan. Can you uh, explain a little bit about that? Yeah, and, that, and that's, really, that's really a central, central part of the book. I mean, I, I think really the two central things about Tear Down This Myth are, number one, you know, trying to, trying to take a reality-based uh, look at the Reagan presidency and, and and what was accomplished and what was not accomplished and and what accom- what so-called accomplishments are exaggerated. But the other part uh, of tear down this myth is is how this myth was so consciously created. And you're right, Grover Norquist. And I, I don't know how many of your listeners are that familiar with him, but he's kind of the nexus of this whole lobbyist think tank uh, uh, right wing publication infrastructure. That, that's really come to roost in Washington since the Reagan years. Well, his, his uh, drowning government in a bathtub quote is the thing that sticks in my mind. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty famous. And we, we yeah. saw how that played out with Hurricane Katrina. But, uh, uh, yes, <laughs> he, he, he uh, uh, Grover Norquist has said, and he's tried to encourage the candidates that he supports, and he's a very influential person in Republican circles. Uh, you know, his, his, his decision to support George W. Bush in 2000 uh, was it was it critical for for Bush and and the fact that he uh, kind of gave his reluctant okay to John McCain in 2008 helped McCain also so he, so he's a very big inside player and he, I mean he he said he'd like to see a tax cut every year which is just I mean kind of insane I mean nobody wants to pay high taxes but the idea that that your government is going to have a policy of cutting taxes somewhere every year uh, is just not that realistic. Um, <laughs> In, in, in as the book as the book uh, tear down this myth lays out uh, in 1997, uh, if you put yourself back in that time, uh, Bill Clinton had just been overwhelmingly reelected to a second term. Uh, it, was, it was really a, a time when, when for the most part, the economy was just clicking on every cylinder, uh, not just Wall Street, which is kind of a simplistic measure, but in terms of jobs created and, 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 and jobs that were benefiting the working class. Uh, you know, for example, African-American unemployment was at a record low during the Clinton presidency. And, and you saw a, a positive impact in cities like Philadelphia, where I live, uh, where you saw crime rates just dropping to astronomical record lows, uh, uh, you know, people uh, people leaving public assistance. I mean, it, it was it was a time when a lot of good things, policy-wise, were happening in mm-hmm. this country. And con- but you had this whole conservative shadow government that had you know established itself in Washington, and uh, they were concerned about their survival. How do we how do we justify our existence in this new world? And they came up with a couple things. Uh, uh, the, the Reagan myth. Uh, was kind of a more under the radar thing, but it was uh, it was kind of brilliant in a way. I mean, they, in 1997 they founded the Ronald Reagan Legacy Project, and its its mission was, uh, uh, which they probably won't achieve, but it's it's good to set high, high goals for yourself. Their mission is to get something named for Ronald Reagan in every one of the 3,067 counties in the United States. Yeah. And uh, you know, by setting the bar so high, uh, they've had a lot of success. I mean, I mean. As your listeners may know, uh, they've had the most success in California, the state where he was governor. And, you know, some of that, look, I mean, the guy was an ex-president and an ex-governor from California. There's going to be things named for him. That, that's, that's understandable. But, but um, uh, you know, it's over the top. Uh, some of your listeners may know that uh, a bunch of Reagan's rich uh, friends, of which he had a lot of, gave $50 million to have the medical center at UCLA, uh, renamed the Ronald Reagan Medical Center. We have and, a, we have a federal courthouse here in Orange County. Uh, the, it's the Ronald Reagan Federal Courthouse. Yeah. So. Well, 
Well, sure. You guys, you guys are kind of at the epicenter of yeah, the, yeah. the voting block that really propelled Reagan to power in, uh, in, in as governor in '66. So, uh, well, didn't uh, one of the leaders at the medical center have something to say about his uh, the the naming of it Ronald Reagan? Wasn't there a snide comment? Oh kept, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, the, I mean, there are two things about Reagan. One is, you know, as governor of California. Uh, his election was partly based on hostility towards the University of California system, yeah. uh, you know, and the protests were taking place at that time. So there was that. And then, of course, as president, uh, uh, he was never a supporter of medical research. I mean, uh, you know, one of one of the areas where he was able to cut government or cut government support was was funding basic research. You know, some of the some of the funding he it's kind of tragic when you think about it, but I mean, some of the funding that he cut is funding that would have. Uh, uh, advanced research into Alzheimer's disease, which mm-hmm. he eventually developed himself. You know, so uh, and also there were so many people were were uh, were left uh, were let out of uh, or forced out of these uh, hospitals uh, in California. In California, the, the, the people that were suffering from mental illness were ended up a huge percentage of the people that ended up homeless were people with mental illnesses as a direct result of his policies. Right, absolutely. But but but, but the, 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 I think the brilliance of this whole renaming project is. Is is the average person who's who's under the age of forty or for, or even yeah. by forty five, and doesn't really have much in the way of memories of of the Reagan era, uh, you know, will just, you know, go go to these, you know, go to the Ronald Reagan courthouse or go to the Ronald Reagan Medical Center and just absorb this kind of cosmic message of the greatness of this man who has this great edifice. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. It's like being told that Teddy Roosevelt was a great president. If you told me that, I I would basically say, well, if you say so, I'm. Kind of, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, the, guy, not, the guys, the guys on Mount Rushmore, so yeah. they must have done something good. Yeah, and, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, and who knows about you know the Panama Canal or you know how brutal that was <laughs> well, or whatever, or whatever. You know, I mean, there, there's just so many things here, and I really want to get to the hardcore bashing here pretty well, soon. Get so, into the. I, I really do because <laughs> administration. Well, I, I want to. I want to tear down this yeah. this myth. That's is, what is I want to do. The Cold War. Well, the, Did he end the Cold yes, War? Yes, let's get to some of this stuff. Uh, by the way, at the time, I have to get this in, and I'm sure you, you, you'd say it, if, but uh, expand on it, if you will. At the time he was president, his ratings and his, his approval ratings were very, very never, never very high, and it, his policies were always unpopular. How is it that he got anything done? Uh, well, he, you know, he got some things done at the end of his presidency kind of by moving towards the center, right? I, and I would yeah. even argue on, yeah. on nuclear arms, he kind of moved to a center-left position. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, there's that. Well, well three, three things we should mention uh, real quick about tearing down the myth. Number one is, uh, you're right, his, his approval ratings as president, as measured by the Gallup poll, were average. Yeah. I, I think that the average for his whole presidency was 52 or 53 percent, uh, less, less than Bill Clinton, less than George H.W. Bush, who got bounced out of office, um, uh, less, less than Lyndon Johnson, and you, you know how popular Johnson was at the end of his presidency. Uh, and his and, policies uh, were even less popular, right? Almost right, everything right, he proposed. Right, right. Uh, you know, when pollsters looked at uh, what, what the American public really wanted to see happen with the environment, with uh, workplace protection issues, uh, uh, unionization, I mean, you name it, uh, uh, what Ray Reagan's policies were kind of out of step with the majority positions of the American people. Uh, uh, you know, he, he was able to... Uh, get elected and then, and then win re-election. Uh, he, he took advantage of an improving economy, and we can talk about that because a lot of the improvement had nothing to do with his policies, um, uh, and uh, because he was a great communicator who who 
who who did have a message of optimism that was a, a, a much a much more receptive. The American people were much more receptive to that message than the kind of malaise-driven message that Jimmy Carter delivered in the previous presidency. So so we had those things going for him. Um, but but I, I just want to get real quick because I know we don't have a lot of time. And you mentioned the Cold War uh, uh-huh. because. Uh, uh, being in that being in that part of the country, I'm sure some of your listeners may have even been to the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, and, and basically, uh, you, you can't turn left or right at the Reagan Library without bumping into the Berlin Wall or, or, or a replica of it, or this this massive piece of the actual wall that uh, Mr. Carl's Jr., uh, who is this kind of John Birch Republican, mm-hmm. uh, paid to have imported from Berlin. So, Carl Karcher, uh, our own Carl Orange Karcher, County, the, yeah. late, the late the late Carl Karcher. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, so. Uh, they, they really, they, they really try, or have, have really consciously tried in the last 20 years to make this the centerpiece of what people perceive of Ronald Reagan, that he was the man who won the Cold War. Uh, and it's, it, it, that that part of it's just not true. I mean, uh, uh, basically, the short version of why the Soviet Union collapsed was because of its uh, economy was unworkable. And it, it, when the 1980s came around, it wasn't so much that they were afraid of our missiles; it was because they coveted our computers that they wanted uh, uh, that, that their economy was being left behind in the technological age of the late 20th century. And uh, when when you had a younger leader finally take the reins, and Mikhail Gorbachev, he saw how backward society was, and he basically launched these these reform programs known as Perestroika and, and Glasnost in order to change society. Well, that that started a chain of events that eventually led to the collapse of the Berlin Wall. What's interesting is that in 1989, when the, when the wall actually came down, USA Today surveyed Americans and asked them who they thought was responsible for this, and only 14% said Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, 43% uh, said Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure those numbers would be reversed today, which just, goes, again, goes to show how successful this calculated campaign to create the Reagan myth uh, was. Well, Will Bunch, uh, the author of Tear Down This Myth, uh, how Reagan, the Reagan legacy has distorted our politics and haunts our future. Would you call this a triumph of the will, in a way, the way that uh, of, the, of a media, uh, compliant media, with a very well, dis- a very disciplined uh, uh, organization, this Reagan legacy behind it, and just this sort of relentless uh, uh, drumbeat of, uh, of uh, misinformation about Reagan over these last uh, 25 years? Right. Well, the uh, the uh, the literary analogy I make throughout the book is is to 1984 and George Orwell. I mean, uh, thro- you know, throwing throwing information that doesn't fit the storyline down the memory hole. And uh, you know, in fact, there's this quote from Orwell which I use to kick off the book because it's so appropriate, which is, you know, who you know who controls uh, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. Yeah. And and, yeah, and, and 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 the Republican movement uh, has made it a priority to control the past uh, because they found that this message. Uh, you know, is helping them going forward to try and try and keep their you know pro-business, pro business, you know, pro pro corporate, uh, pro billionaire policies in place. So okay. there, you, there you have it. Now, now another myth from the '80s is that uh, Reagan revived the economy. That without him, uh, we, we would never have the boom that we did have in the '90s. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, his, the, his big economic program was, was a massive tax cut that he spent his. Uh, entire first six months in office trying to get passed, and, and that he did pass eventually. Uh, uh, right after it passed, the economy plunged into its worst recession in, in a generation, and uh, unemployment actually went up to 10.8 percent. Uh, in the long, what what his tax cut did in the long term was it really kicked off 
this wide gulf that we now see between the very affluent and, and the working class in America. Uh, in terms of, well, didn't it didn't it turn down the uh, turn around the economy, or what? You know, wasn't it through this system of so-called trickle-down economics that everybody everybody benefited from the way that he cut taxes? And not really. I mean, the economy did uh, roar back in the mid 1980s, and, and he benefited politically from that, and his image benefited from that. But uh, had, hadn't but, he reinstalled but, but, some of the some of the taxes that he uh, he had cut? Didn't well, he, well didn't... a couple of things. I mean, yeah. In, in fact, uh, that's another thing about the tax cuts is is that it was clear immediately that that he had gone too far with this, and that. In 1982, he was actually convinced that, even, <coughs> excuse me, even business people convinced him that he had to shift uh, gears a little bit, and he passed in 1982 a bill that was the largest tax increase ever at its time to to make up for uh, going too far the first time around. But 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 one point I want to make, and 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 Paul Krugman and some other people have really driven this home, is is the economy did well in the middle to late 1980s uh, because global oil prices plunged, yeah. which Reagan had nothing to do with. Uh, because, uh, you know, throughout our, our history as a capitalist nation, we've had this business cycle that goes up and down. It, it went abnormally down during the 70s because of that oil crisis. Right. And so when it was ready to bounce back, it, it bounced back abnormally strongly. Uh, uh, so it looked incredibly great in comparison to the 80s, although if you looked at the long-term chart, it basically went back to where it was supposed to be. Uh, and the, the, just the third thing real quick is um, – uh, inflation, which had been such a problem for so long, was essentially tamed during the 1980s because of fiscal policies uh, initiated and, and kept in place by Paul Volcker, who was an appointee of Jimmy Carter, and mm-hmm. in fact is now advising Barack Obama. So uh, mm-hmm. was not was not a, not a Reagan person or a Reagan appointee. Uh, so those were those were the three main factors that caused uh, a, a mini economic boom in the 1980s. Uh, uh, almost none of them had a lot to do with Ronald Reagan. So. And also, there there was uh, also this sort of era of deregulation. There were an awful lot of uh, uh, policies put in place that allowed uh, the banking industries, particularly the savings and loan people, have kind of forgotten that in the uh, late 80s, uh, as, as Reagan's administration was running out, uh, we had this enormous uh, savings and loan bubble in which the economy lost somewhere about a half a trillion dollars during that debacle. Well, we had we had the initial bailout was in 1989, yeah. right after Reagan left office. Right. Because we had, a, to, we had to spend 150 billion dollars, which obviously is, is more would be more in today's dollars. Was it only 150? Uh, I, my okay, I'd I, I think I think they yeah. I, I well, I, I think they had a hard time calculating the losses at first because they were so immense. And I think I think when when all the dust settled, I think the cost of taxpayers still an enormous was, amount of money at that was, time. Was, right, it was quote only 150 billion unquote, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, it's funny because I mean, this was really, this really should have been a warning to our policymakers in Washington about about the impact of, of you know willy nilly deregulation. Because uh, uh, with these SNLs, I mean, they immediately started making bad loans, uh, exactly. uh, started making corrupt uh, you know loans to insiders, uh, you know, and, and double dealing and that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly the same kind of thing that we've seen on a much broader scale. Today uh, and and but these lessons weren't absorbed. And, and in fairness, uh, what I find annoying is that the uh, the Democrats, uh, both the Clinton administration and in Congress, didn't absorb these lessons either. So that that's I think that's an area where I think both parties have really have really let us down. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, and um, uh, but but uh, you know this was this was this was the Reagan this was the Reagan philosophy, a centerpiece of his philosophy. Uh, was deregulation. I mean, uh, it's funny if, if, if anybody remembers what the popular culture was like in the late 1980s at the end of Reagan 
presidency, I mean, the number one movie was Wall Street, uh, yeah. uh, you know, with Charlie and Martin Sheen. And uh, uh, the big play on Broadway was uh, Other People's Money. I mean, uh, people were very concerned about greed, uh, you know, and the fact that business was kind of running amok in this country, and it was kind of the downside of the Reagan revolution, which is, and this was a big reason why in the last few years of Reagan's presidency, Americans told pollsters time and time again that America was on the wrong track, which, if this was such a great presidency, I don't think he'd be seeing that at the end of end of six or seven or eight years, that uh, this guy's led us onto the wrong track. And, and the thing that I think was motivating those answers in a lot of people was uh, both greed and the fact that the middle class wasn't seeing the benefits of this economic revolution. Uh, you know, there was, there was uh, a lot of concern about uh, Asia, although at the time it was more focused on Japan. Uh, today it's more focused on China. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, that the American economy uh, was losing out and the manufacturing was dying in this country, yeah. which it was. Uh, you know, and people realized that at the time. So, uh, you know, it's funny, but I think I think the fact that the, econ- the economy did so well in the 90s uh, during the Clinton years uh, when you had this drive toward balanced budgets, which was the exact opposite of what we saw under Reagan with these with these massive deficits. Uh, for, ironically, that seemed to help the Reagan myth. It's like, uh, you know, it's like we, we, the 70s were terrible, and then Reagan came, and then the 80s and the 90s had been great. I mean, actually, Reagan's economic policies had a lot to do with a, with a fairly significant recession that we had in 90 and 91 after he left office. Would, would you uh, say that his deregulation policies are, are the, the worst part of his legacy, that he's left all the other negative parts of his legacy? Uh, it seems to me that that's carried over and dest- destroyed the infrastructure of this country more than anything else, the deregulation. I, I, I would put that up there. One, one, one other thing I would rank with it, uh, uh, uh-huh. which I talk about in the book, is uh, this, whole, this whole Republican notion of distrusting science and, yeah. and rationality. Yeah. Uh, 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 a lot of that really dates back to Reagan. I mean, Jimmy Carter had this policy that, although it was not that popular at the time, it was based on kind of taking a hard, rational look at where we were at with, with energy and, and future energy supplies, uh, you know, with, with oil dependency on the Middle East, and, and uh, uh, even even with some early awareness of, of global warming or climate change. Uh, you know, Reagan just came in not believing in any of this because it didn't match his me- message of optimism that, you know, America is a can-do people and, oh. you know, gosh, gosh darn it, we're going to find that oil, yeah. you know, yeah. that's out there. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, that this whole drill baby drill uh, chant that we saw during the 2008 election uh, is really something that is a straight line from Reagan's ideas that uh, what, what Reagan said when he ran against Jimmy Carter is we reject the politics of scarcity, you know. Well, sometimes, sometimes scarcity is a fact, you know, yeah. it's not the... Uh, uh, it's not something that you can wish away by just optimism. But uh, and the thing about Reagan is, you know, he, he could be pragmatic at times, uh, but he was so good at selling, I think, this this concept of magical thinking that uh, by the time George W. Bush arrived on the scene, we just had magical thinking without the without the underlying occasional bursts of pragmatism. So, yeah. well, you know, so we so we had we had tax cuts that were irrational, but unlike Reagan, weren't undone. Uh, you know, we, we had a uh, war in Iraq that was at times undertaken in, in Reagan's name, uh, even though he never would have. I don't, anybody who's followed Reagan's presidency believes he never would have invaded the Ra- Iraq the way George W. Bush yeah. did. So, yeah. oh. so, that's, so that's why I think Reaganism is really more harmful than Reagan himself was. Yeah.
Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, well, we're, unfortunately, we're out of time, Will Bunch, yep. but we didn't even get to uh, Iran-Contra, which undermined our Constitution, the slaughter in, in Central America. I just want to touch on these things because they, 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 they still have an impact today. Uh, there's so many things. Well, oh, and, and, and the environmental impact, the environmental too, impact that, but, that he would actually take, like you said at the very beginning, that he'd take the solar panels off the, yeah. the roof of there's the White so House, m- that the first thing he did was, was take away the, the tax credits, I think it was, for the— uh, People involved in the solar, but I, I, but the, yeah. but the misery that was was that was visited upon so much of the rest of the world because of his policies and because of the people he brought us, the Cheneys and the Rumsfelds and the the Elliot Abrams and all of the and all over North and all of these guys. I just yeah. it, it, the list goes on and on, and I we could spend another hour talking about the 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 rest the yeah, foreign policy uh, mishaps and. Disasters. So uh, this, this absolutely, book. but if you know your listeners can always can yeah. always buy There's, the book. Which there is the book. Yeah. <laughs> it should be on, on, on in the bookcase of every Republican in Orange County. I hope this is number one for the next year uh, yeah. on the on the bestseller list yes. for you, Will. Well, well, I, well, I appreciate you doing your part to help make that happen. All, All right. right. Well, thank you, Will Bunch. The book is Tear Down This Myth, How the Reagan Legacy Has Distorted Our Politics and Haunts Our Future. Right. Thank you, Will Bunch. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals.